Welcome back to another episode of What About Dad? My name's Adair, and with the help of my friend Jen, we'll be going over Winona Earp, episode 211, Gone as a Girl Can Get. So sit back, relax, and ask yourself, hey, what about dad? Dude, so I love this episode. I thought it was a clusterfuck of awesomeness. Um, what do you think about this cold open, Jen? Um, I really enjoyed the cold open, but to speak to the entire episode, the entire episode reminded me of Rogue One, Star Wars, with the theme and plot of everyone dies, and for the sake and better of the whole group. And so I just kind of like, I thought that was really cool. And we start the, uh, the cold open with pretty much the end. And we work our way back, just the and it, it reminded me exactly of like Rogue One, the way it starts at the end and winds back, tells you the story up to the point. So yeah, I actually love the fact that Emily's just kicking ass when it comes to trope cities. She goes, look, we're gonna get an episode where everybody dies for the most part. Oh, and by the way, all the straight people are gonna die first in these gruesome deaths, but all the gays they save the day, and I blew them up, but they still live. These are the most non-killable gays on TV, and I absolutely love it. It wasn't just Did the lesbians. Did she really say that, though? No, no, no. I'm saying not just the <laughs> lesbians, but, like, the gay guy, too. Uh, in an interview, yeah. she kind of alludes to the fact that, yeah, the, the gays survive. But, like, it's funny because, seriously, you got Doc. You killed, you know, dolls. Rosita even being a straight person. She got her ass kicked. Wynota's not even in the damn <laughs> show at the moment. And the only people to save the day are the three gays. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> the show where diversity and pre- representation wins. In endless possibilities of storytelling when people don't die for the sake of drama. Um, I thought it was really cool. Yes, you were going to... Uh, I wanted to kind of talk about the AU and the world that we got brought into and and what that meant kind of for you. What what do you think? Well, I think that we were, we've... We've done this a lot this season, this alternative reality with Winona Earp. We've done it now three times where the show has taken us into another reality or a past sequence. So we had the first time we did it, we we had a dream sequence with the Sandman episode. The second time we did it, we had uh, Vision Quest where we went into the past and we saw how the Earp uh, curse originated. And this is the third time now where we, we aren't exactly in the now and we are in another reality. We're in an alternate world. And the whole question that underlines this world is what if, you know, what if Winona didn't exist? And then we see the outcome of that throughout the episode. It's very Rogue One-esque. But um, I feel like we've done this with this show three times. And this show only has a has a smaller run of episodes than like a 22 episode season and I feel like that's a lot for a show to take you out of the current crisis or the current situation that's a lot to not be living in the reality of the current show um now that you brought that up I think it's kind of fascinating that uh, now that I'm thinking about it because we had said that this is something that we wanted to see a little bit more in the season which was not necessarily normacy but the the town of purgatory like the actual city and what's going on in that city I'm realizing that the plane of, you know, that they're kind of living on just keeps getting more, you know, higher and higher. So we started the first season in Purgatory, as Purgatorians, if you will, um, seeing the crazy that kind of goes on. Then we got brought into the crazy more, 
and kind of sucked into the world of the demons and the revenants and what does that mean and all the lore and all the craziness and then this season we went above that and now we're in alternate universes we're in these dream sequences we're in these these mental kind of mind blowing uh you know planes of existence and psychedelic I'm, yeah and i'm <laughs> and i'm wondering like how do you keep the stakes high but bring it back you know what i'm saying um she keeps putting all these great things in front of us and these plates but we do keep growing on the plane of existence how do you go back to purgatory as a city that has some crazy activity and keep it from you know exploding what are we gonna do be in space next season like you know what i'm saying it's just how do you keep the momentum but also are you saying bring how do back? you keep it like grounded in reality yeah how do, a little bit yeah how do we get back to grounding it in reality but still being fanciful you know what i'm saying yeah i i think and i mean we're already dealing with this alternate western modernized world yeah but and that's already asking the audience to like swallow a lot of you know that's that's put a pause on reality and now we're kind of shifting over to these alternate universes and planes and is that really what the show is i think that i mean be... it's part of the show yes but i don't know i just feel like it's a shift though it's a tonal shift oh, absolutely and i think that season three i'm kind of you know just hoping that there's a way to escalate but also kind of come back to being a little bit more grounded. I don't know. I just want to see a little bit more. Like, I was kind of happy that in this episode, Waverly mentions Gus and, and like, you know, people were, like, shocked that she's with Perry, but, like, just normal people. Like, I'm kind of happy. Can I, can I say that season three, like, the this idea of this apocalyptic future coming in season three uh, really kind of reminds me of, Lost Girl season six in terms of stakes being raised so high. Yeah. By three, it feels like we're in a season six wrapping up the uh, universe. <laughs> it, it, exactly. <laughs> End of series finale. But season yeah. three feels like a... You know, it's it's wild. Hold on really quickly. Let me think, because um, I had a note that I wanted to write down before I forgot um, for later. Oh, got it. All right. So we get into this universe. It's all crazy. And then the first thing we see is Doc. In this well, freaking out. I actually really think it's funny. Well, it was a nice kind of comical moment that wasn't supposed to, I, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny or not, but the idea of like the guy, he's like, get me out of this well, oh my God. He's like, what, the ladder's not good enough? <laughs> and he doesn't even see the ladder, that there was a way out already. He's just like freaking out. And I thought that was kind of interesting that A, in this alternate universe, Somebody put a ladder in the well just in case someone got stuck in there again. <laughs> like, let's just put this well, this ladder here, just in case, you know. And, you know, after he gets out, he's like, well, somebody cover that damn thing up. I think that was great. Um, Can I just speak to that? Mm -hmm. I thought the guy was there. I thought the guy, the, rever the revenant there, I thought he had left the ladder for Doc. I thought he was expecting Doc. Am I wrong in thinking so? Um... Un, it was unclear. Be, well, it's unclear because Doc doesn't realize he's the head of this gang in this reality. So maybe the Revenant did expect him to be in the well and have the ladder there. And yeah. Doc and ourselves were not aware of that. 
Yeah. So it wasn't really... And I mean, the ladder is kind of a reveal. Like, the camera pulls back yeah. and we see the ladder. And it kind of, like, not only is it the ladder, but it's a reveal to Doc about something he doesn't know. Yeah. And that's going to be his circumstances for the whole episode. Exactly. And I, I kind of feel that I don't think the Revenant knew he was there because the line was, what, the ladder's not good enough. Like he wants me to help him out like you can't just use the ladder like that's i, I like, think the revenant was there for him though i think he was there but i feel like the ladder as far as the ladder's concerned he didn't put it there for him i don't know, I don't know. It, was, it was a little weird but i think you're totally right on the idea of like things being revealed to him slowly through this episode on purpose that was kind of his thing um if for those of you guys who are a little bit more you know invested and in, you know doing stuff there is the Purgatory Case Files, and that's on uh, Twitter, and you can click on the link, and it's this uh, Nicole's Hot, uh, her police station uh, website, and she gets messages, and she's trying to figure out this thing. Now, Jen, you might not know this. They, in the Purgatory Case Files, have mentioned Samdi, um, the god of resurrection, or he's like some kind of god of resurrection, and... He visited Nicole, for those of you who don't know, in the hospital last episode. They didn't show it on the TV show, but in the actual case files, she has a, a she makes a, a auditorium note and she says, hey, this guy visited me and he said he's looking for something and that he can, if I give it to him, he'll set Waverly and myself, you know, back to good or whatever. And she goes, why does he know me? He knew my name. So that's creepy, right? So the Revenant we saw helping Doc out was in the last episode as well. He was talking to Doc about getting into the downstairs of Shorty's because he wants to see something. At first, I thought he was talking about Rosita. But then I realized after watching the Purgatory Case Files that that Revenant is going to be back, I'm 100% sure, season three, because... I have a feeling that he is trying to look for whatever that guy that Nicole saw is looking for. And I think that's really cool how they're putting little hints and clues and people into the show who are also in this purgatory thing. And so we have Kate, you know, it's intertwining. And I think that's great media. And I think it's so smart for the show to be doing. So every time I see that Revenant, I'm like, oh, man, you have such a higher stake in this than I think people realize. And that's so smart because Emily does not put anybody in the show that doesn't mean something. And I think that's something that we have to watch for. Anytime you see a Revenant or somebody with some kind of lines or something important, chances are they're going to come back uh, to be quite important. But uh, back to Doc. Anything that you wanted to say about him? Yeah, I thought that Doc getting out of the well was resolved too easily. So... You know, you you had the shock of him being back in the well in the last episode. And I thought that was a really traumatic ending. And I was like, oh my gosh, the well, Doc's in it. I never thought I'd see the day. And then we see him in the well again. And my only thought about that is if the well is Doc's ultimate prison, then why is it so easy for him to escape from it? And I think that it, that it should be harder for him to escape from the well because it's a metaphor for something larger about the, the character. And I also felt like, would it have been a really so bad to have left him in there for the episode and then rescued him in the finale, which I think kind of would have 
I, I, I don't. I think that you could have left Doc in the well this episode. That's just my thought. <laughs> no, I get it. I get where you're coming from with that. I think it was important to show what kind of man Doc would be without Winona. I mean, in a way, we saw what he was like without Winona in the dream sequence. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, in the vision quest. Because he was hard. He was ruthless. You know, at the end of the day, he kind of caused Bobo to be a little bit, you know, of a revenant. And I think seeing that he took over after Bobo was gone and without Winona, he was just kind of a criminal. You know, he wasn't a, an honorable man who was trying to do anything. So I think it was kind of important to showcase how far he had come. I think that was kind of his journey in this episode of showing what you could have been, which was a, a a-hole misogynist who got, you know, women tied up in barns to the man who is trying to fight for a woman. He's trying to fight for his friends and for the actual reality he wants to live in, you know? But, he, but well, can't you just make the argument that that's some information we already knew about Doc? Like, we've already established that he would he's a better person because he knows Winona and that in the past he's already been this terrible person so by just by deductive reasoning him being in this alternate world sets him back to who he was originally and if anything gro grows upon that so that's something i think as an audience we kind of already know about doc so i'm just saying since we know that much about him i i thought it would be more traumatic to leave him in the well that's my argument with that no i i actually i totally get that as well i think it's because i mean yes 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 i think also we needed a reminder of how bad he was because yeah we know he's bad or he was a bad guy he was such a bad guy the thing is i think that we forget that he still kind of is a bad guy there are still bad qualities to doc but because we like him we kind of overlook it and I think that this alternate reality kind of reminds you of how bad he could have been. You know, what effects did he have on the town of Purgatory? It wasn't Bobo who ruined the town. It was him, you know, and the fact that he was still capable. I don't know. I just think it was a small reminder to us that Doc isn't squeaky clean. But He's also to speak to that idea, there was the recent episode about the vision quest where we were reminded that he was a bad person. Yeah, that's and what it I'm was it also little... taking place in an alternate universe. So having that reminded again in another alternate universe to me, I didn't I didn't think we needed it. You could have left him in the well. True, uh, and well, to be fair, the vision quest is not an alternate universe. It was just the past. It was so, the past, right? So yeah, we knew so that actually yeah. was who he was. Whereas this was an alternate universe with, um, I get that. No, I definitely get that, and it might have been expanded upon who he a was. A little, yeah, it could have been a little bit of a, a re, you know, replaying on that. Um, something that I thought a theme that they're doing in this episode or the season that I thought was interesting is, <laughs> in a way, Doc kind of shooting blanks, if you will. He's like, I would just like some ammo for crying out loud. Like every time. He goes to shoot recently, it's just like not enough, you know, and it's almost like, you know, the writers are kind of saying Doc needs to use other methods besides his gunslinging to get what he wants, you know, and I think that's another thing that Winona has taught him, that he can't just be going in guns blazing, he has to find another solution to things, and I found that kind of interesting, you know, he used, 
yeah, he had his guns, but he was you know, using the knowledge of Jeremy. He was using the knowledge and and what he's gained from knowing about Doc. And he knows the widows enough to know that she's out of venom. Like he was using more than his brute strength, I think, which was kind of nice to see. But I'm like, what is this theme with him not having bullets? <laughs> like he's just shooting I just feel bullets. Like it's not just that he, he doesn't just have bullets. He's just not effective. Like he's just not time, effective. He, every like the last episode too, like where he jumped over the hood of the truck to go shoot a bunch of bullets off. <laughs> and it was just felt like he was firing, but it was just not effective because, again, it takes Peacemaker to send well, a to demon be, back to hell. True. To be fair, though, even Peacemaker can't kill the Widows. And Winona talked about that. So she can injure them and poison them with Peacemaker, but she can't fully kill them. So he was more or less just getting in his shots because they do feel the pain. So he was just shooting her to shoot her. But if we go back to the doll episode, he was like trying to shoot the doll and nothing was happening. <laughs> and then, you know, why not use Peacemaker? Yeah, so. yeah that, I remember that. That was funny. So I was yeah, just I like, he's just not effective. He's just not effective. <laughs> like, but you know who God. is effective? Nicole. Mm. She's actually more effective <laughs> in this episode with regular bullets. <laughs> You're real right. Um, Her which, bullets worked on the revenants real good. Well, hey, <laughs> look now. So I think it's, I just think that's just, really... I'm just saying, Doc no, versus Nicole, there are bullets in this episode. Bullets-wise, yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, I think that's so funny. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you um, that this whole thing was kind of like his situation and him being killed. Yeah, he might have been able to stay in the well, but also we needed somebody to pass on a little bit of knowledge to Waverly and getting her, you know, up and out. Um, I wanted to talk about because it kind of involves Doc, the Widows, real quick, hilarious and ridiculous. And those two characters are so interesting to me. Um, I love seeing Doc in the box with Mercedes Widow. I think Danny Kind is doing crazy amounts of work as Mercedes. Like, I love her so hard because she just, she looks terrible <laughs> in this show. Do we remember what Mercedes looked like? First <laughs> first episode, bubbly, loving. So she wore juicy couture track pants. <laughs> she, she's like the mom from Mean Girls. And like, just like, she's the cool mom, you know? Like, it's one of those. And then we just see her as the widow and her scalp's falling off. She looks just the worst. She looked like a truck hitter. And bless her for, you know, taking that on. I love them in the box. I love the fact that Doc was smart enough to know that she ran out of venom and that hiss off I thought was hilarious. And, you know, uh, I love the fact that even Beth Widow has like this complete disdain for Mercedes Widow. I like the fact that they, even though they're not actual sisters, they kind of have a sister rivalry. Like, I'm going to be the better sister. I'm going to be the better wife. Uh, I don't need to get shot. You're an idiot. I can find these clues on my own, a more peaceful, savage way, if you will. And, you know, Mercedes is just like hell on earth, like just beating people. And I like the fact that when Beth finds out that she needs Mercedes, she's like, crap, you know, and dang it. And I got to go rescue this bitch so that we can get our husband back. Because <laughs> like, if it was up to Beth, she would leave Mercedes there to rot. <laughs> like She gives zero fucks about Mercedes, which I think is interesting to their characters. Why are they connected? Why do you need both of the widows? Why, you know, why do they need each other? What's, what's the point? 
Uh, Jen, want to talk a little bit about just some of the Widows I stuff? I do. I want to talk about the Widows. Um, so my overarching question to the Widows, and maybe it speaks to this larger season, is what do they stand to gain by resurrecting their 100-plus-year dead ex-husband except for a return to the patriarchy? <laughs> they've lived in the modern. <laughs> they've lived in modern times. They've experienced feminist and and, and denim jeans and bacon, jeans. and and now they want to go back to the sister wifery. So to me, I don't understand what they're going to gain by resurrecting the husband, because Mercedes and Beth both seem like even in their evil foulness, like progressive-minded widows. You know what I mean? So why? What do they get? Do they get eternal life? Do they get exempt from hell? Do they get superpowers? I don't understand it, but I wouldn't want to go back to being a sister wife. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> it has zero appeal. That doesn't the sound fun. The long skirts and the high collar buttons in summer with the long braids. No, thank you. Let's be honest, though. The widows are probably the most comfortable out of everybody on the farm because they don't have tank tops on. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, and that's snow. They're probably grateful they're in their uh, Victorian era outfits. But no, you're right. You know, um, what? what is, what's the point? Like, I don't truly get what they want other than to bring them back. Because it feels like a, a very empty goal. Like, we just want our husband back. Oh, okay. But what are you really trying to get? <laughs> clearly, yeah. is he, he's clearly not a loving husband that you're missing. You know what I'm saying? You know what this reminds me of? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compare it. It reminds me of the villain from Supergirl, Manal's mother. She wanted emptily to just have her son back, but they didn't expand upon that. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same way with these widows. Like, they're so obsessive about this husband, you know, but they don't expand upon what that means. Yeah, and I find that fascinating. Um, oh, within this, um, Doc, Mercedes Widow... And Bobo are the three characters who know something's off in this universe. I I wonder why Beth didn't also feel that change. And I thought that was kind of interesting, but... That's a good I, point. I think there's something interesting about the fact that they all... I mean, I got that Doc remembered Winona because he grabbed the trophy. But Bobo and Mercedes Widow were like, yes, something's changed. Oh, when she talks to Doc in the box, oh, you... You see the change, too. You know, Bobo says, oh, it's a spell. It's flimsy. I can see the edges of it. But, you know, so that's, I don't know, I guess because he's powerful and maybe because they're connected. I, I don't know. I think that's really fascinating. You know, that's, there is an unevenness in that story, uh, in, the, in the consistency of people's abilities. You know, clearly Beth has less powers because she, Mercedes rolls in with a new spell, tries to rec resurrect um, Cludie. And, you know, I think Mercedes was more effective in getting those rings to work in the last episode. Um, you know, the fact that Beth has no idea that you just brought it up. I think that's fascinating. She should have felt something or seen something if these other people who are equal to her are, you know. And uh, it also brings me back to the doc thing. I think there are enough people who have ties to the to the recent world that could have led Waverly on. But one of the things that I thought was really fascinating was that they were all able to sense that it was a weak spell. So that really speaks to like where Beth's abilities are, you know? If they can sense a weak spell and Beth can't, she must be really weak. You know, yeah. So. No, I, I get that. I totally get that. Um, going on to 
kind of talk about Doc and Black uh, dolls, dolls and dolls, dolls and, and Jeremy, dolls and Jeremy, <laughs> and that whole black badge situation. In this reality, you know, with dolls, not much changed with him. You know, and I wasn't shocked that m not much changed with him. He went back to being kind of the cold-hearted, um, very callous uh, black badge person. He kind of, honestly, reminds me of the leader. Uh, what's his name? Ethan um, of the Brotherhood. Okay. He reminds, because that's how he is. He's very like-minded in that regard of, I think old do old dolls and that guy would get along well because they have a job to do. It doesn't matter about your feelings. It doesn't matter about, um, you know, what you want. It's, these are my orders. This is what I have to do. You can deal with it. It seems that Winona taught dolls to kind of not be so uptight and to see that there's more than just the black and white, but to kind of live in a gray area. And I think Dolls is this season kind of hatred and disdain for the brotherhood comes out of that. He sees what he hated about himself so much in the brotherhood, you know, when he was in Black Batch. He hated being rigid. He wanted to be more free. Whether he said it or not, you can tell that character wanted to be a little less uptight. <laughs> and I think his disdain for the brotherhood is because he sees the same in them that he had in himself, you know? Um, and I think that's really fascinating. And I think that in this journey, on this episode, Dolls, when he gets shot and says it felt empty, it didn't feel good to kill Doc Holliday, I think he was my friend. And this is kind of the first time we really, I mean, not really the first time, but once again, it kind of gets mentioned that Doc really... I mean, Dolls really cares about Doc. Doc actually, and uh, it means something to him, you know? And Dolls isn't just dealing with Doc anymore. There is a connection and a friendship there, whether they love the same woman or not, you know? And I think that's really kind of nice. I thought it was traumatic watching them shoot each other. I thought it was something that they put in an alternate universe because it's ultimately something that will never actually come to pass in the in their real in their main realities. So it was kind of like for shock's sake. And yeah, that was that was pretty much all that I took away from watching that scene between the exchange between Doc and Dolls and them shoot each other. And actually I didn't really care for Dolls realization that they were friends i didn't i didn't care for him having a sense of reality i guess I, I i think i'd rather him have stayed cold throughout the whole thing because well, i mean he was until literally he died but like no until he died i i, I think it would have just been more profound to see him completely commit to being this darker colder person who's unchanging Rather than being like, oh, I think I have a sense of who this, that we were friends. Just because, I, for since it's an alternate reality, why not just completely see that reality out? You know what I mean? Well, like, I why get interject it. the friendship? But, that, no, the reason is because the whole point of this episode was that when they got out of the spell, it's because they remembered Winona. So, like, the reason why he realizes he was Doc's friend, not because he shot him, but because he started remembering Winona... And that idea of like, oh, he kind of remembered who he was, you know. And if he didn't remember Renona, that would have, if he didn't do that, it would have caused more implications, negative implications for the rest of the seasons. Because that means that it shows 
Winona really isn't a base in his life, that there's not, because that was the whole point of this episode, everybody realizing how important Winona was. Right, but I think you could make the, the case that, you know, we would see it, rather than being told it, we would see it, that this colder existence that he would have had, had that just been, you know, had oh, just been I get this dark, mean. brutal guy. You know, just like, as an audience, we take that away. And I'm just saying, like, no, no, I, don't, I, I, I just feel like, you know, if we're doing alternate reality, give me alternate options, you know, like, show me something that I don't already know about, that I don't already, can't already predict about um, what their reality is. Yeah. So that, that's it. Like, it's a what if, but that's... No, I get that. Hey, guys, uh, let us know in the comments what you think about, like, that idea of... Would you, if you were in this alternate universe, or if you can really kind of change it or whatever, would you want people to be more cold, or would you want them to stay, you know, just let us know. Like, what would, what would your thoughts on that? Because it really is kind of an interesting conversation to have about, you know, how changing we would be if choices were different, you know? So just uh, let us know at the at the bottom, or, you know, hit us on the Twitter about that. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention about Doc that I, I'm sorry, dolls that I thought was interesting. Um, oh, was it dolls or was it doc? Oh, I th oh, you said something about them shooting each other and how you're like, eh, they did it for, um, the trauma of watching the trauma. these two guys. I also feel like this is a nod to something that happened in the dream, uh, vision quest episode at the end while, um, dolls and Winona are in bed. He mentions, like, you know, enemies become friends, friends become enemies. And he kind of mentions that. And I think that this, I feel, I don't know why, I hate to kind of, don't mean to go into a prediction thing, but I definitely feel like Dolls is going to end up on a negative side. As much as I like him, and we talked about this before, how Bobo, Wyatt, and um, Doc's, Path parallels Doc, Dolls, and Winona. I now feel like it might be true that Dolls is more on the side of Bobo's parallel than not. He's a good man with darkness in him, and I think that darkness might take over Dolls later in the season. It just feels like something weird's coming with Dolls. That's just my own. I, I love that prediction. I absolutely think it's a great one. And to piggyback off of your idea right there, I think that. One thing you could even think of, I don't know if they went this deep with it, but let's just go there. You know, Doc, Dolls, damn it, their names are both D. Um, dolls dies, but and at the end you see his lizard eyes, right? Yeah. And so we don't, we haven't established this, but when Dolls dies, does he go to hell? And did he go to hell in this alternate reality? Mm. And that was a question that you and I were talking about off mic. We were like, we don't know. Well, also the thing that I kind of realized seeing the demon that was in the painting or the who sold the painting to doc he's not a revenant because a revenant has the red eyes dolls now i realize isn't a revenant he's just another creature out of the the triangle because the widows they're not revenants either you can't shoot them and send them to hell they are just demons that you can kill so peacemaker could kill demons and peacemaker can kill revenants Peacemaker sends the revenants to hell, but the peacemaker only kills demons, but it doesn't necessarily send them to hell. So if Dolls dies, because the gun light up, lit up when Dolls was in beast mode, 
which means he's not human. Um, but it didn't necessarily mean he was going to go to hell. So I don't know. That's going to be something they're going to have to figure out later in the season. That's something that we're going to, I don't know. If anybody knows <laughs> or has a theory about that and the gun and who's a demon, who's not, what kills what, let me know. Because I think that's a slippery slope we get into. Um, we have Jeremy. God bless Jeremy. He's a little little donut, little nugget. Um, I, I like the fact that out of everybody... Jeremy's unchanged. Jeremy is not wavering from being Jeremy. He is still happy. He's still optimistic. He's still nerdy. And he still, you know, follows and believes the good guys for the most part. There's, I don't know. There, I, I'm fine with Jeremy this episode. I think there's, he's just not changing. No matter what universe, he's still the gay, adorable little brother that we all didn't know we wanted. I feel like I wish I would have. The only thing I wish in this alternate world was if Jeremy <laughs> were to either be, like, in a relationship with somebody in the alternate world. Uh, and, and preferably dolls, because I, I like Jer the Jeremy-dolls combo. <laughs> I just think I, they're so cute. I kind of actually like... Especially from last week with the who's your daddy comment. Oh, yeah. It'd be I, funny if dolls was his boyfriend in this episode. Just that, saying. That would have actually been really funny. Um, Hilarious. I also think it would... I kind of like the fact that he didn't have a different alternate whatever on the sole fact of the comedy at the end when he says, you know, I've only had sex one and a half times. I don't want to die, you know, and then he they blow up and then he's like, "Woo, I won't die single. I think, you know, the fact that he remembers saying that and that's probably a true statement. <laughs> Even in this reality, it's like, oh, Jeremy, <laughs> sweet pea. Can we get him a boyfriend or a love interest season he two? He needs a love interest, Just, yeah. Just something, because it's so precious. Anyways. I, I just, or people. his flirts to be returned. Or but something. Not, something, yeah. Can we give him, like, a coffee shop person? I don't know. It's just, he's so precious. Um, or maybe, like, Doc has, or Dolls has a brother we don't know about. You know what I'm saying? Like, something. <laughs> I, I felt like the whole subplot of Jeremy and Rosita discovering that Black Badge was, uh, like, working, uh, it was working independently and against them, uh, against their cause. I thought it was such a throwaway plot that I forgot it. I didn't really think it was necessary. It was like a little minor, a minor crisis when you had a much larger one. And I just, I, 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 don't, I didn't really, it was I didn't think it was necessarily to be there. Well, it was you know definitely I mean? throwaway, but I think it's because they needed something to be... They needed a reason why they were in the alternate universe, because... They needed a reason why to have Rosita and Jeremy arrive at the homestead. I think that was the whole reason why that was there. And to set up out. the barn with explosives and, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're, they were just pretty much uh, pawns in setting up, which is kind of what their characters are for at the they moment. They were winning. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> ex they, they were winning. Uh, <laughs> for those of you guys who listen to our Supergirl podcast... You'll know what that means. Um, yeah. Speaking of Rosita, I I, I love Rosita. <laughs> I am so glad that she's here. I don't know. I love Tamara DeWarty. I, I just, I'm all in for her. <laughs> I really am. Um, I love the fact that no matter what alternate universe Rosita is in, I feel she's trying so hard to be on the good guy's side. This alternate universe, she's in the BBD. Yeah, she got, you know, she was making pretty much meth <laughs> for dolls. 
I mean, for Doc, and gets, you know, unchained and goes to the BBD. I think that speaks to her as a revenant, as a person. Jen and I were having this conversation. What makes a revenant evil, necessarily? Like, Boba was a good man, but hell turned him evil. Well, Rosita's been in hell, but homegirl went and got PhDs and, like, masters and, like... She went to the University of Hell. Right? She went, exactly, you know. She graduated. She straight up got honors. And her thing is no matter what universe, she's still trying to be a good person, like Revenant or not. So it's like, what does that mean for the lore of turning people into Revenants? Like, Bobo got turned, you know, well, Robert Sveen got turned into Bobo because at the end of the day, his internal morals were very selfish. He was very jealous, you know, and were those bad qualities heightened once he went to hell and then he became a bad guy. You know, why didn't Rosita become a bad person Instead of trying to be a better person, why is she still, no matter what universe, on the side of good? So for me, I'm, I love that character. I love the fact that she's a revenant, but she really is trying to be good. Right. And in this situation, she's a revenant, you know, and she, by default in her reality, is promised a certain hell uh, upon uh, Winona finishing the curse. Winona, last episode, was like, I'll shoot you last. Or, and um, in this episode, you know, she's kind of... There is no erp air, so she's in the clear in terms of living her life without having to go to hell or be shot by Winona, yet she does choose to help the group against her interest. And that right there is fascinating, you know? So it just really speaks to this character. You know, why does she hurt the nature of good and evil is so gray now. Yeah, it's so gray. It's so gray. And I think that's going to be very interesting to have to deal with. And... You know, hopefully we have five, six, seven seasons, but at the end of the day, that's going to be the biggest question and the biggest thing that needs to be resolved. When even season seven in space, <laughs> right? Who do who do we send to hell if we break this curse? Does that mean everybody? You know, like it's what are the uh, ramifications? I just think that's really interesting. So, yay, Rosita! I'm here for it, living for it. Um, okay, so here's, um, moving on to another character. Just want to give this shout out to Nedley. R.I.P. Rip. Nedley. <laughs> you know, um, I noticed that on his plaque it said 2015 that he died. I don't know if it's a clue. I don't know if it means something. Because at the end of the day, that it's in the past. It just seems... Emily doesn't really showcase something that doesn't mean something and I think this might mean something so in this alternate reality Nedley's dead and at the same time in this alternate reality Cludy's resurrected I've been saying it from the get-go I think that Cludy's going to take Nedley's body and show up or whatever it could happen it could not but like I would love to see that character who plays Nedley I forget the actor's name to kind of go dark, I think that'd be great to see. But he's alive in our in our universe, so I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> you know. And I think that, yeah, this was a foreshadowing for his demise. And I think that he's aged out of the show because people over 40 just tend to die fast on the show. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, anyone who's older gets, well, gets killed real dead. fast. Gus isn't dead. She's just gone. She's just gone. But Shorty I, yeah. did get killed. I'm not going to lie about that. Shorty killed. I was just on Juan Carlo. You're out of Over here, Wong Bye, boy. <laughs> boy, bye. 
Uh, you, you're this, right. this show has a has a, a, a lack of age representation. <laughs> I'm gonna have to make sure you guys don't get ages on us. Thanks, uh, uh, Actually, that's really funny. Um, I didn't think about that. I love Nedley, and I think he should last. Um, but I also want to see him go dark. So that's just me because I love when popcorn fun people become evil. Um, so yeah, I just want to mention that. I thought that was kind of something to look forward to. We have this whole Samdy character once again from Purgatory Case Files. He's going to be in season three. So who dies that he needs to resurrect? This is all, these are the questions I have. Um, moving on to, oh, Bobo. Mr. Bobo, so much about Bobo. <laughs> what, okay, first thing, who leaves a petite, young female in a box with an insane guy. Just wondering, like, who does that? Why was there no guards with Waverly in that? Like, he killed her family in this universe. Like, why? That's just my question. <laughs> right. He's the murderer of her family, and yet she can just openly see him in a cell. <laughs> it's just bizarre. It's very slasher. Uh, <laughs> it, it really was. And can we just talk real quick about this is me being super vanity and, like, fangirling. Why is Dominique wearing a Dominique outfit but acting like she's Waverly? Like, that whole outfit she wore with the hat and the super cute outfit. Like, that's... I've seen a photo of Dominique just wearing that outfit. <laughs> I was like, guys, I Bad know girl. she's... Like, she's got a nosebleed. I, I do. <laughs> I was like, I know she's, like, Waverly and all, and she's this actress, but that's a little too close to home. I loved it. I was like, yeah. She yes. just showed up as is... And they're like, she, you're fine. She, she, she just showed up on set. Makeup like, is this cool? and wardrobe were like, just continue to the set. <laughs> just change your boots and you might be fine. Um, that's crazy. Anyways, just had to mention that. Um, okay, okay, Bobo. So, yeah, My question Bobo. is, what are his powers? He is powerful as fuck. And Bobo why? Hell. He just has a, 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 a plethora thora of things he can do with his magic hands and they just have force in them and he can break curses and i was just like he seems to be very powerful more so than the other revenants and i don't understand why why he's been who uh, who knows yeah exactly why exactly extra powers in infused yeah he definitely been infused with extra powers but why like who was that we have a lot of questions and guys we'll just ask you these questions because i want to know your answers because we have our own ideas of these things, but here it is. What does Bobo gain from A, being with the widows? Also, what does Bobo gain from um, meeting Cludie? Why does Cludie, or why did Cludie tell Bobo or show Bobo where his grave was? Um, like uh, other questions that we had were kind of like, why did Bobo help Waverly? Yes, we know that she's his angel, blah, blah, blah. We've talked about that a few times. But what's the actual, like, reasoning for him to help Waverly? You know, um, Bobo goes back and forth in this episode, jumping ship. He goes and helps Waverly and, um, and, and uh, Nicole... But then he's also helping the widows, and he broke the seal, and, you know, does he not want to go back to hell? How does that work? Like, even in, uh, kind of a, sp these are all spoilers, guys, but even in the promo for next week, he says, you know, 
I said I would give him Waverly. So where do his loyalties lie, you know? Why is he super OP? Bobo is just shrouded in tons of mystery. All I want for Bobo is to actually be a good guy and be back to Robert. But like, I have a feeling that all season three is going to be just Bobo based and I'm down for it. <laughs> I love this actor and I love this character. So I, I am absolutely ready for more of him. Yeah, it's just, I, I mean, just his acting and his attention to kind of detail and you know, I love when he does his little, he kind of like chomps his, his teeth together, you know, and oh, can we just talk about this? It was so sci-fi channel. This is the first time I was like, wow, that's really sci-fi channel. But like, I also loved it when he's like, comes out of the, uh, you know, in State Asylum and he like snap in his like. <laughs> <laughs> I love that too. When he has the, the, strength, the, the strength jacket and he yeah. has like the little whips and he's just whipping people. I thought that was totally something that he would have just, the actor was like, yeah, I got these whips. I'm going to be yeah. weird with it. <laughs> it, it. Honestly, it just feels like the actor's like, I'm going to just get weird with it. And like, I'm going to just do something. Does this work for you guys? Because also like when they did the vision quest, like, oh, God, I don't know why I can't think of the actor's name at the moment. But the widows were in the box, and the, you see the hand come out of the hole, and he just kind of, like, slaps her hand. <laughs> it was just so, like, silly to that character because that's who he is, you know? And so I really like the fact that he's, like, whipping people, and he's, like, you see his hand. It's very Joker-like. It's, Joker -like. Like, it's like, like he's he's sneaking out of this hospital, and he doesn't have any weapons, but he's just scary enough with these hand whips. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved it. And it felt very Gotham City to me. Like, it felt very Batman. Very, like... He's very much the Joker of this world, I agree. Yeah, you know, and it just cracks me up. Um, I just... I, re I really love Bobo. Um, I love the unlikely trio of Nicole, Bobo, and Waverly. <laughs> Jen, what did you think? I just was like, I was terribly uncomfortable with seeing Bobo and Nicole together. I was like, how is she okay with this? <laughs> like, Nicole, who's always so, like, concerned, even in the alternate reality universe, she's concerned for Waverly's safety, you know? And enough to, like, go into danger with her, but you have this really scary, hunking dude, and Nicole's just, like, in the backseat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that, but it was it was funny and I enjoy, enjoyed that. So yeah, no, I wouldn't absolutely. have changed that. No, it, it was really quite good and blowing the door off and just hilarious. I don't know, that was all just ridiculous. Um, speaking of Nicole, I kind of want to segue into her, and I love her this episode because not just the way hot things, which we'll talk about, but I love the fact that in this episode I felt like she was Nicole from season one a lot more confident and a lot more sure of herself. She wasn't getting her ass kicked. She wasn't, you know, um, being manipulated or whatever. She was just being a badass. She got to be the sheriff. You can tell it was a different feeling as opposed to following she was leading. You know, we saw her using her gun and really like shooting stuff and, you know, even her flirting was just like, once again, more on point and just like, there it is. Unapologetic, if that makes sense. Um, you know, she, I just, I really liked Nicole in this episode and it kind of gives me hope, but also kind of bums me out that like it took a uni alternate universe for her to be more of a badass. Like 
I want to see more Nicole Hot police officer, you know, being in the trenches, shooting, having more action, seeing more danger and not being weak. Like Jen had mentioned this last week, Waverly is over here with the sticks, no police training and kicking the widow's ass. And Nicole's like, oh, my God. Like, can she's a pr- princess, a <laughs> little bit of a princess. I'm like, can I see some hand combat with Nicole Hot? I think that would just I would shit myself, to be quite honest, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. if I see yeah, Nicole that's Hot- a little uneven. I agree. I feel like for, from when you first meet Nicole, she's like, you know, asking Waverly out in Shorty's bar and really confident and then we see her in season two kind of lose that confidence you know and in this ultimate alternative reality it's just like we see her a little bit we don't see that actually she's actually you know Waverly shows up with her lunch and she's kind of like afraid to talk to her or admit that she likes her or she's pining that's the word she's pining for Waverly and I just felt like and I felt like you didn't really see her do much pining in season one, the first episode. You saw her being really confident with her flirtation. So in that regard, in this alternate world, she's not been able to work up the confidence to talk to Waverly, though she knows who Waverly is because she orders her lunch from Waverly every day. Yeah, I think that I want to see that confidence come back. I also... Um, I don't know. There's a lot about Nicole that I I want explored. I really do. I think that in this reality of, you know, being in charge and things like that, it was nice. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hope that next season and in the reality, we just see more police officer, more, you know, I could just see in my head a close-up on Kate really doing like a hand-to-hand combat thing and really showcasing because like Ned Lee said he spent all this time trying to recruit her she was the best one to find but like your best one can't fight or really can't protect herself so I'm like confused I want to see her be the best like I haven't she seen needs, her be the best she needs to get yet. some she needs to get some lessons from Alex Danvers a <laughs> L- little bit a little bit I feel like the two could go out for a drink and have <laughs> Alex Danvers would like should be like let's trade this? I'm writing a fan fiction. Can someone write that for me? <laughs> Let's get on it, guys. Can, can somebody write a fan fiction of Alex Danvers and Nicole Hot? Do you think? For a be- a drink? Oh my good! Could you see them dating? Could you guys? No, see- I could not. Oh no! Don't do it'd that be to too. Me. It'd be too. It'd be like the um. What was that? Uh, Sin City or what did they call it? Oh uh, yeah, where yeah, she's yeah. dating Broad herself. <laughs> Broad City. City. Freaking Broad City, where she's dating herself. Right. And Yana, like, yeah. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but i could totally use like a, a bro tp fanfic if anyone wants to take it upon themselves maybe sure. i'll write it who knows who that'd knows? be weird right if i write it would you act it out for me oh my god um, <laughs> i would say no she uh, she's like not sold not sold? fine whatever i mean this i'm is, down I'm down for the bro TP. In the uh, name of fun, Adair. In the name of fun. Okay. So moving on. Okay. <laughs> the name of fun. Um, yeah. So that's my take on uh, Nicole's. Okay. Let's get to Waverly. And we kind of touched on her here and there, but. Did you now? Did you well, now? 
We all wish we could touch on Waverly from here. Anyways. That's uh, weird. Got weird. It got weird. <laughs> I'm like Jeremy. Bad timing, Jeremy. Bad timing. <laughs> it's, it is what it is. All right. Don't judge me. Okay. Uh, Somebody thought it. Somebody out there listening to this thought about that. Anyways, uh, um, Waverly, I really love... Okay. I miss calling her Gooberly. I do miss calling her Gooberly because that was genius. That was fun. Right up there with Way Hot. Like, Gooberly and Way Hot. Those are like the two They're best just nicknames. Names. Just good names. The show is on it with the names. Yeah. Oh, cool. And to your point. I... Okay, guys. I want to know what the hell Waverly is. Can somebody tell me? Emily, can she tell me? I just think that that is going to be the biggest secret ever. What is Waverly? Now, with the idea of Waverly, I'm kind of getting concerned in the show that even though the show is called Winona, the show is really about Waverly. Um, because it feels like her identity, who she is, what she is, is so integral that it's starting not to take focus from Winona because I still want to know her her issue but Winona's just the heir but like Waverly is something else demons JC all these things tend to know and see Waverly and know that she's so powerful you know but like not so I'm starting to go is this taking up the story base of knowing her origins um and that's just me. But in this particular episode, I really um, liked her journey. I don't know. I, I liked the fact that she was very unknowing. She still had a lot of herself. She didn't like people in her private business, which bled over on both things. I liked the fact that they paired up with Perry because we all were going to be pissed off if it was Champ. I was actually hoping it would be Champ. Oh my gosh, I've been wanting to see Champ come back since like the beginning of the season. True, because he's just so unapologetically stupid. and But he's also a part of the pedestrian world of purgatory, you know, and exactly. I miss that. Well, I also, that's I think why I like Perry, because everybody was like, ew, she's with a guy, but in the alternate world, she still hadn't figured herself out. But I like that it was Perry, because Perry, even though, like, he was in the other episode with the Scarecrow, he's not a bad guy. Like, he's not a bad character. He's not misogynist. He's not a tucker. He's not a champ. He actually cares for the woman he's with. He really liked Winona and wanted to ask her out. Yeah, he might have wanted some supernatural help, but he actually liked her. In this, he seems like he's patient. If Waverly, it being engaged to Waverly, three times she broke the wedding, three times she had different dresses, he's patient and willing to, you know, help. He was trying to find the people that killed her family so that she can get closure. So I like the fact that that character isn't an asshole. <laughs> That's I just, me. I kind of, I wanted it for all those reasons to, for, for her to be like getting married to Champ and then everyone to be like, ew, it's Champ, gross, Waverly. And then for like Nicole to like win her again. I like, I wanted that trope so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see it again. <laughs> it's I, so good. Uh, no, I get it. I, I like the... Um, <laughs> I like to indulge. Um, I, I get Indulgence. It. You know, indulge me sometimes. I'm down um, for it. I really liked yeah. the idea but of you, her conversation with Doc and that whole situation. I thought that was great. Um, did you, what'd you have about that? 
I know. I was just going back to Perry real quick because you mentioned him, and I, I kept thinking in this alternate world universe, if like he ever made the wish on the trophy, and if he could possibly have known about the Sandman. That was something that I, I, I was wondering because that had to do with him and his hockey team making a stupid wish that later, ten years later, it came back to like, damn. No, one. he did. You know? He did make a wish on the trophy. Um, I don't know what his wish was, but he definitely made the trophy because the the scarecrow at the end of that episode did try to kill him. And right. So I I don't know if his wish counted in this universe. I, I don't know if it made any I sense. I kept thinking that he would have info on the trophy and that he was going to tell her, and that's why we saw him again. And then it just turned out he was the romantic lead. And oh, I, was like, uh. I see what you mean. Actually, that would have been a kind of a nifty way to kind of bring that um, trophy into play if he would have... Um, like he could have known where it was. You know, you could have really used him to uh, give you information. You know what? Now, Doc being the well actually makes a little bit more sense because Doc's the one who told um, Waverly about the trophy, and I think it'd be interesting that no matter what parallel universe, Perry would have still made a wish, and maybe that's even why he ended up with Waverly. Maybe he was like, I want my wish to be with whoever, and she was the end of that wish, you know? And then right, or or it could have even go one step deeper and make it Tucker, and everyone would be like, oh, oh it's Tucker. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that poor actor. Is like allowed if Tucker on had made a or... wish on the trophy for Waverly, Bull. and we would have creepy face Tucker, Tucker. <laughs> Bull. Oh my God, I would have just wanted this alternate universe would have been amazing that way. Because then you would have Waverly married to Tucker, and she's flirting with a Cole, and he's still an asshole. Been so and then bad. a Cole just puts a bullet in his head. Oh my God, I would. Okay, dear, dear children out there, Emily should can, hire me, and can, I could spit these. I could just pitch <laughs> to her all day these can, ideas. Can we get that fanfic of just alternate like Waverly and Tucker, and then like Nicole just like Ramboing? Tucker over to get with and, and Alex Danvers teaching Nicole how to Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> just guys, it'd be a lot of it. I'm I'm here and for then, it. And and then can I just make a side note? This is a very simple quick note. Nicole's hair seemed extra red in this episode. Oh, yeah. I, I, exactly. Um I love She had just gone to the salon. I love I love the fact that she's the redhead, but they are getting a little ridiculous with Kate's. Uh, They're getting real red. That's red. They they getting they getting real red with that dye. I'm like, all right, guys, tone it the hell. Her back. eyebrows do not match that red. I I felt like they kind of matched earlier season one, and when she was like a normal looking redhead, not like uh you know Suicide Squad looking redhead. But anyways, um, I, I mean I'm here for it. Love the red hair, but can we? Tone it down just a just a wee, just a skosh, if you will. Um, okay, so Waverly kind of summing this up. We have them heading back to the barn. Actually, we have just the cute moments of the office and you know them seeing each other and flirting and you know Waverly giving Nicole um, you know her delivery and all that banter. Super cute. Um, I love the fact that when we go to the witches area, oh, oh, sorry, let me back up. Boop. Being in the car, I think Nicole delivered the best line of the whole, ep <laughs> whole episode with the, oh, you would do that for me? There's a lot of things I'd do to you. She goes, for me? Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. That's smooth as shit. (laughs) Nicole is thirsty. That girl needs some Gatorade real bad. She is dehydrated (laughs) for some Waverly. Cracks me up. I'm like, damn, girl, slow your roll. But like, I thought that was such a cute moment. She don't even know. I like the fact that they refused to say that was hot, hot. Like, I just want somebody once in the episode. But like, that was hot, hot. Because <laughs> you know? Waverly. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, because they're running around and she's shooting and Waverly goes, oh, you're so cool, hot. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, God. They sh- I, that's one note I have as well. They should have so many puns with her name. <laughs> I just need so many more hot, hot hot puns i mean they even did it last uh, episode where she goes hot damn you made it <laughs> and i was so i was so pleased with myself that i got to hear that um i love that whole exchange i love waverly being on the phone with perry like yeah 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 raspberry's good sorry i'm in a barn that's about to explode by the way i think i'm gay okay i'll talk to you later bye <laughs> that was really funny (laughs) that that was like what a way to come out i kind of feel like we should just do that with our lives now anything you have hard to say you know if you have a boss it's like oh that's just say it on the phone and hang up just (laughs) yep pretty much just call i'm not coming in i quit okay bye click (laughs) you know just anything i think that'd be great it's like sorry i, I love you mom not coming to thanksgiving okay bye click <laughs> you know, just anything but i thought that was cute i loved them reconnecting and you know wherever you go i go and this whole thing i thought that was cute it was so way hot i was living for it could not stop smiling made me happy all right real quick i have something to say about way hot though um my question to you guys Let's have this discussion. Every people were getting their panties. I'm not gonna say everybody, but people were getting their panties in a bunch that Waverly kissed Rosita while they were dating, while Way Hot was dating. Well, in this reality, I don't know if you guys are aware, but Nicole's married in this reality, and Waverly's engaged. So them flirting and kissing each other. My question is, how is that okay? But in the reality, Waverly, not accidentally, but like, you know, through emotions and ridiculousness, kissing Rosita is bad. Technically, in the alternate universe, they cheated on their spouses. So my question is, is it only okay to cheat when the two way hot people aren't cheating on each other? Or is it only bad if they're cheating on each other? (laughs) Do you guys get what I mean? Like... Waverly kissing Rosita's bad because it hurts Nicole. Nicole kissing Waverly is good because it's Waverly, but it's bad for Shay. Waverly kissing Nicole is good for Waverly, but bad for Perry. So, like, you know what I'm saying? We can't be mad at one and not mad at the other. Is it just because it's an alternate universe? I don't know. Your thoughts? What what do you got? Any thoughts on that? Well, Adair, my thoughts... Jen, I'm gonna need you to stop being Captain okay. Spock. That was weird. <laughs> you got weir- was you okay got very William it. Shatner on me. I just like with that, I was really okay with it because I would have not been okay with it if there had been a scene where you get an interaction between Shay and and Nicole, 
because then you're establishing that they're in a marriage and that they live together and they have some form of life. But the ring only just infers something, it doesn't establish anything. So in that regard, I just thought like they could have been separated. What about Perry? What about Perry and Waverly? Well, I think that- He was actively trying to plan a wedding. <laughs> he was actively trying to plan a wedding and she was actively discovering something about herself. <laughs> but that's so but well, that's I mean, the argument cuz like when she kissed way, way, uh, Rosita, she was actively discovering something about herself which was I don't want any other human but Nicole. You know? <clears throat> and then she rediscovered that again. Truth. And it was a love so true. A tale is the universe. Tale is all this time. <laughs> But no, that was my question. So for these, those of you guys out there, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that idea? Um, is it okay because it's an alternate universe? And like Jen said, there was lack of seeing their spouses on camera. You know, whatever. I just think that's a really interesting thing to bring up. And last but not least for this episode, we have Winona popping up in a field. Just like her, living her best life. She finds... Um, you know, out that Bobo's running with the widows. And then she goes into labor or starts going into labor. And I think that's a perfect way to kind of end that episode, giving us a bit of a cliffhanger on her note. Um, yeah, what did you think? I think that, can we just go into predictions? I, I Yeah, absolutely. We cool with that? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, okay. So I feel like two things could happen. One, Winona's gonna have the baby, but it's gonna be a hell baby. <laughs> like, remember, remember in Xena, Gabrielle has a baby and that baby is Hope, but she's a real monster, a demon from hell. And Gabrielle has to kill her own baby. That way you don't have to deal with any of this, like, baby being carried around for seasons like Walking Dead. Well, to be so, fair, to be fair, though, to Xena's kid. No, it's Gabrielle's kid. Either way. Oh, oh, you're, ta <laughs> oh, you're talking about, oh, sorry. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, I'm saying, what if Nona has a hell baby? And what if Cludie okay. resurrects into the baby? I'm just throwing this out. No, 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 no. I thought you ideas. were talking about Xena's baby, uh, Hope. That, uh, no, I'm sorry, Faith, Hope, one of the two. Yes, I'm talking about Gabrielle's, Gabrielle's demon baby, got baby. <laughs> and how she had to kill her own baby because her baby killed Dina's baby, and that was complicated. <laughs> but that was excellent drama. But like, what I'm saying is, I would like for Winona to have to kill her own baby because oh the baby is a hell baby. Because somehow, as Cootie's being resurrected. There's an evil spirit imbued into the baby, and now she has like a hell baby. Ah! So I thought that would be compelling. <laughs> I'm actually not. See, I need to be at the table spitting oh my these God. ideas I'm to not... Emily. Emily, if you're listening, hire me. I'm not even mad about it. So, because <laughs> that's ridiculous, and that would be that's right up the alley of this show. So I'm not she even. She would shocked. love it. Yeah. I have really good. I feel like we're on the same level. I don't have a prediction necessarily, because well, I mean, I do, but like not. Real quick, I just want to say something about Waverly because it reminds me of Bo from Lost Girl. I feel like Waverly is the Bo of the show. She is, you know, when Bo finds out that she, her father is Hades, 
And she's like, what the fuck? You know, she's unaligned. She's not good. She's not bad. She purposely... Don't tell me I haven't finished it. Oh, my God. You're so done. I, I'm on the last season. Really? <laughs> no, you get spoilers because it's been a decade. <laughs> you just need to hurry up and catch the hell I up. just got to the hell horse part. <laughs> Anyways, like I was saying, Bo rides in the middle of good and bad. Waverly apparently is in that place, too. We don't know who her daddy is. We all know it's going to be something, a hot mess, let's be honest. I, I'm actually waiting for there to be a twist. I I really want her to be an herb. I just want her mom to be something crazy. Okay, you know? plot twist. Waverly's daddy is Doc. Oh! No. <laughs> I, I'm dead with you. <laughs> just kidding, that, just kidding, but that would be incredible. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> Um, like if she had super decade, never mind. I have nothing. I have nothing for that. I, I have to develop that plot a little longer. Oh my gosh. Um, but no, the I other sh- thing I'd like to see season three would be more Bobo. I more Bobo. Well, I think he's definitely going to be in season three. But what I was saying about Waverly is that I think that I don't know. It just reminds me a lot of Bo and that character. And I feel like that's kind of the same journey she's on of how do you become human or how do you become not an ERP and still have your identity. How can you ride the fence of dark and light, but also, you know, stay true to yourself and and then the whole figuring out who her daddy is. I just I just feel that coming. But um, I think that was great. I think Winona's gonna have the baby and who knows how they're gonna grow that baby up. Cause I don't know if you guys know this on TV, A, it's, it's hard to work with animals and kids. Animals and kids get a certain time to film and shoot so you got to do all your stuff in one, you know, a few hours with them and then they go on. It's easier to grow people up, kill animals off because you don't have to deal with them. So I, I wonder how they're going to do that. It's going to be wild. <laughs> okay. I also think that it'd be really cool to see the Revenant come back, who's the baby daddy of um, Winona's baby. And just give her some hell, season three. Well, so the thing is... Custody battle. At the end of the day, we still don't know if the Revenant is actually the baby's daddy. Like, she's purposely... She didn't get his saliva, and she's not doing it with Doc. She's just saying that it's Doc's baby. Doc knows that she probably slept with somebody else. So there's going to be no real answer of whose baby's who until it comes out looking like somebody. You know what I'm saying? So with the red eyes, yeah. Who knows exactly? So right now we're just assuming Waverly is Bobo's daughter. She she's not. We're assuming baby Winona is going to be a demon. Hell baby. Hell baby. <laughs> the only thing I can <laughs> predict is that if it's a girl, it's probably going to be named Alice because that's uh, Doc's mama's name. But other than that, I I don't. We don't know if it's going to be a demon or not. It's going to be special. That's for sure. But, you know, you got a mas- magical old dude who could have knocked you up or a revenant. So, you know, the, the chances are. Old dude or revenant. Doc has almost aged out of the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, Doc has aged out of the show like four times over. <laughs> Actually, three times. If he's, a, what is it? What do we say? He's 150. He's 150. So, yeah, he would have uh, aged out three times already. <laughs> That's why they killed him. See, we said that's why they killed him first. Uh, Yeah, but um, you guys, there's a lot to talk about, and this is a great episode. We cannot wait until the finale. 
if anybody's in New York and they're doing any kind of finale meetups, let us know. We'd love to be there. We'd love to chat with you guys and, uh, you know, have a great time during the finale. We'll bring the guacamole. And the booze. Not all of the booze. <laughs> oh, oh, here. That's one thing I wanted to bring up. The booze? So for the finale, I always like to do a little, I like to, you know, pour a little one out from my fallen homies this season. So I was going to ask the audience, what do you think we should drink for our finale episode? Mind you. Kentucky bourbon ale. Or do you have anything you, that you want to... I mean, I'm a bourbon girl, so there, there's that. You know you know how bourbon I how I Bourbon and power suits. We're going to wear power suits <laughs> power to really suits. be in our power. <laughs> and then we're going to drink glasses of bourbon <laughs> and then discuss. <laughs> so really what's going to happen is Jen wants to dress up like... Um, what's her name? Rhea. Like Rhea from Supergirl. Yeah. I don't necessarily need a power suit, but I might just find a bullet-studded belt... <laughs> And a leather jacket. And like, you know, drink my bourbon. It'll be great. But um, yeah, so if you guys know any uh, meetups or anything for the finale, let us know. Other than that, hit us up on Twitter at whatabout underscore dat. And Jen? Uh, you could put us in your ears on iTunes. We are there. We want to go with you places. <laughs> we want to go with you to the laundromat. Yes. To the library. It's true. Always a good time. You know, adventure, <laughs> adventures around the world. That's really what it is. Right. So, yeah, make sure you guys hit us up and make sure you comment below. Click oh, subscribe. If you want up. the podcast a day early, you can also hit us up on SoundCloud. Yes, exactly. Um, we're trying. Uh, it didn't happen this week, but we're definitely trying to make sure that the audio gets up on Saturdays and then you guys have the video on YouTube on Sundays. So stick around and check that out. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Have a great time. I cannot wait until this finale. It's going to be mind-blowing. Have a great night. See you later. Bye.